Get up, EDL. It's time for the Inside Podcast with your friend Mike, everyone's favorite Canadian, and yours truly. I'm Scotty, the undisputed commissioner of fantasy baseball. Baseball is back, and so are we for a BDL mothership edition of the Inside Pod. We're diving deep into the Black Diamond League's 2022 season projections, including the official reveal of this year's Vegas odds. Thanks to Alex of the Gravesview Lions, who joins the show to help us make sense of it all. The Inside Pod is brought to you by BDO Baseball and hosted on Captivate, our podcast home on the web. To hear content generated by the BDO Podcast Network, including the Inside Podcast, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Downcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to interact with the show, the easiest way to do that is to give us a shout on Twitter at BDL Inside Pod. We are out there every day um, causing a stir creating uh, commotion, uh, gaining a few followers, running a few of them off. Uh, So yeah, check that out. It's entertaining if nothing else, but we'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun time, but thanks for checking out the show today, guys. You are listening to the BDO podcast network. Crank it up because the inside pod is on fire. Hey there, all you fantasy baseball maniacs, especially those who call the Black Diamond League home. Thank you so much for making the Inside Podcast part of your day once again. The Can-Am Connection is back again for the Inside Podcast BDL Mothership Edition. Mike, my friend, we get to play baseball this year after all, and you know what that means. It's time to take a look at the BDL upcoming season 2022 season preview here on the Inside Podcast. Thank God this day has come. Uh, it has been uh, a very long 100-day lockout or whatever it was. Uh, thing, things have been kind of weird in my house, Scotty. I'm not sure if I told you this earlier, but we went a good two years, Scotty. Two years without a COVID case in my house. Uh, and then I took March break off, and all hell has broken loose in the last seven days. One Uh-oh. daughter tested positive last Sunday. The other one tested positive two days ago. It's oh, just a no. question. Just a question of who's going to get it next. Is it going to be me, the boy, or the wife? That's the, that, that's the only qu- thing thing that is in question right now. So, it is. It has been a fun week, and I'm happy to have this show to take my mind off of it. Oh man, that's awful. Yeah, we. Um, so we we've only had the one positive case in our house um, since the start of COVID. That was my wife, and miraculously, the other three of us here. Um, didn't uh, didn't come down with it. We mm-hmm. we never never tested positive, um, so we we kind of dodged that that bullet. But yeah, yeah. I, I really hate that for your two girls, and hopefully yeah. they're not uh, having too hard a time. One one is fully recovered, and the other one, it, you know what? It's it's almost a running joke. Uh, I'm not sure how many of our listeners are aware the Black Diamond League also has a basketball league, and my 11 year old is the general manager of one of those teams because we lost an owner, and. The running joke in this house is she's pulling a Michael Jordan. 
She's fighting off COVID <laughs> and winning the final in the same week. She's pulling the Jordan. And I'm like, this this is hilarious. The 11-year-old with COVID is going to be our champion. So uh, go figure. Well, hopefully hopefully things improve. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they'll be all right. Hey, guys, we are uh, rolling right into this puppy tonight, into the BDL 2022 season preview uh, and, and we're starting with our guests at the top of the show. Uh, so we're going to uh, send a big, big shout out, big welcome to Alex of the Grazeview Lions joining us here, uh, on the inside podcast. Alex, welcome back to the show, brother. Thank you guys for having me. Glad I didn't scare you away the first time. Well, you did. And that's yeah. why you've not been back in a year. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been 19 shows for a reason, Alex. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think uh, you were trying to get everyone involved in the league, but now I realize, you know, it, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know what, if you want to go with that, uh, sure. Yeah. 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 You know, that, that's what we're doing. We're trying to get everybody involved. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Alex, um, yeah, you're, uh, caused a, a, a little bit of a minor stir, um, on the BDL forum. I think yesterday evening posting out of the blue, your, uh, and Mike, we'll just go ahead and lead off with this, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Post posting your 2021-22 off-season grades. Now, these are just the this was the just the first half, uh, I think, mm. uh, of this of this uh, feature that you put together for the Black Diamond League, uh, featuring the uh, 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 top eight teams in alphabetical order, I believe, uh, in, in the league. So that's the Amish Brotherhood, the Boston Double Downs, Carolina Cardinals. Uh, Chula Vista Vipers, Crawford Cramps, Disposable Heroes of Orion. Still getting used to that. Bill. I'm never, I'm never to get <laughs> ever going to ever. They are Got- the damage. <laughs> they are the Got- damage, and always will be. Got- Gotham City Generals and the Grazeview Lions. So, mm. yeah, um, pretty, pretty interesting little little feature here. Um, I guess just kind of instant reactions right off the top. Your your top grade, top off-season grade, in fact, the only club uh, among those eight BDL teams that uh, received an A grade, an off-season uh, grade of A, uh, was actually an A-, minus. was the Boston Double Downs, and I certainly do happen to agree with that. Uh, I, think, um, I think the Double Downs have had a really great off-season. They're poised to be extreme, uh, ex- extremely competitive here in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um I I thought you were uh, on crack, however, getting down to the generals and noticing that uh, uh, Gotham City only received a B plus. But maybe throughout the, pro- the the course of this conversation, you can explain yourself and your idiocy. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll we'll get to there. Get to that. But um, so I'll say something for Alex, though, Scotty. He's smart because when you write an article on like this, you are destined to piss people off. Uh, I know this from personal experience. And what is the lowest grade that you assigned to a team so far? The a lowest, B, a B minus. Mm, this is correct. a this is a nice teacher. <laughs> this this is not you know because typically you you could throw out some Fs on some people really easily in this league. Well, I guess technically the generals were assigned the second highest grade among the top eight. So that's I how you can look at much. it. Yes, yeah, that's, that's true. With with that solid B plus. And, yeah. uh, you know, I guess from looking at it through another lens, you know, uh, if, if, you've, if you've gone from a from looking at what was a playoff team to possibly an historic uh, and historically not, not, bad. Not, not possibly, um, Scotty. Not possibly <laughs> a historic. 
historically bad. <laughs> you know, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe that should be a uh, maybe that should be a C C plus. But yeah, um, yeah. I will say. I think, I think you'll see. I think we're going to see more variability in the grades in the final eight. Oh uh, shit! When, when I was doing research <laughs> in that, uh, I do think that the bottom, not the bottom eight, but the last the eight last alphabetically eight. had a lot more. Um, craziness or variability in the off season. So I think their grades are going to be a little bit more controversial and ah. all over the place where the top eight, it seems like every team had a plan. Every team committed to the plan. Uh, some did it better than others. And mm. I think the only one that has the hardest time describing their plan to everyone was definitely my team, the Gravesview Lions. Uh, and when I wrote this, I wrote it with a reporter's perspective. Um, I obviously knew what the Gravesview Lions were doing when I was making the trades, but I, I, I do think that being, uh, being an unbiased person writing this, I needed to make sure that I actually look at my moves holistically and say, do these all make sense? And so that's why I think, a B minus was the overall grade, and I can talk about that for the Lions, why I gave that. But I think that it just happened to be that these eight teams all had a plan. They were very decisive with their plan, and they um, did a good job acquiring talent or drafting. Um, I did give an F in this uh, to the Crawford Cramps for their draft, but mm-hmm. um, and there are a couple Cs. So there is a little variability in the individual grades, but overall every team was pretty consistent in what they were doing. I'm just impressed that you used uh, that you use the term holistically. So kudos to you, sir, <laughs> and your vocabulary. I've, right I've spent too much time talking to Matt, uh, and his vocabulary is <laughs> already rubbing off. Uh, that's that's a that's that's a term we we bandy about in in my office. Yeah, a bunch um, of damn writers. That's the problem. Of, well, I mean, you know, former journalists. So yeah, I, that's you know, yeah. I, not not, but but it's 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 it happens to be. I work in regional government now, and it happens to be a, you know, when you're talking about broadband or uh, water infrastructure, and it's 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 very easy to slip in there to sound great in a grant application or something. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. For, off the rails now, but all right, that was fast. It was like a new record to be off the rails for us. <laughs> so may, maybe I'll just run through these quickly, just a quick little recap. Um, so the Amish Brotherhood um, acquisition grade of B minus, draft grade of B minus, off season grade of B minus. So there goes Joe once again, just being sort of mediocre across the board. He's consistent. Uh, he is nothing if not consistent. The Boston mm-hmm. Double Downs acquisitions A definitely agree with that. Draft C uh, wasn't all that bought into the draft necessarily, so no surprise there. And on uh, off season A minus. Yep. Uh, Carolina Cardinals acquisitions B minus. Draft B plus. No surprise. Off season B. Uh, Chula Vista Vipers acquisitions C plus. Shots fired. Um, draft grade of B plus and off season of B. Uh, Crawford Cramps, Acquisitions, B, Draft, F. Uh, Crawford had zero picks, if I recall, so no surprise mm-hmm. there. Uh, off-season grade of B-, minus. so man, we might have you explain that one a little bit. So you've got, we've got, you know, I don't know how you average out a B uh, and an F and come up with a B-, minus, but... Um, He's kind. Just, He's just very stick, kind. Stick a pin in that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, disposable Heroes, Acquisitions, B, Draft, C, Off-season, B minus Gotham City Generals acquisitions B plus 
hmm, draft A minus. How could that not be an A plus? I like you know how the acquisitions was B plus when he literally sold off his entire <laughs> roster. Off season B plus, and finally the Grayview Lions acquisitions B draft B minus off season B minus. So let's uh, let's scroll back up to the Crawford cramps. So and let's 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 talk about that one a little more. Acquisitions B draft grade of F. How do we arrive at a B minus? So what I like to do when I do these kind of grades is I look at all their acquisitions and I grade that. Then I look at their drafts draft picks i grade that and then i look at everything all together what's the team's direction what are they trying to do and and draft and not draft but talk about how they're off season and grade the off season about how they achieve their goals so uh he is obviously not invested in the draft i personally would never trade away all my picks uh that's not something i would ever want to do because i view drafting as extremely important for sustainability of an organization yep uh, but overall, his goal is to win the league, and he used his draft assets to acquire talent. Uh, his acquisitions were uh, good. They made his weaknesses better. Uh, I think the reason why his acquisitions were only a B is because he did trade a lot of offensive firepower to get some of the pitching, but his draft gets an F because there's no picks. I'm not a big fan of that. I think you should always have picks, but that's my own personal preference. And then as a whole, the offseason, his team did get better, um, but I don't feel like he drastically moved the needle one way or the other. He got better at pitching, but I think he got worse at his hitting side of it. So overall, a slight increase, but that's why it's a B minus. It's a little above average. Yeah, that's fair. Climbing back up to the Boston Double Downs, I want to drill down on that one a little bit as well. Um, of course, in the first eight that you have posted, uh, the, the single best off-season grade, again, A-. And this may be a little bit of a, a spoiler um, uh, um, uh, warning, depending on um, what, what, Alex, you want to divulge here. But um, is it possible, and maybe I'll just start, start with Mike on this, is it possible that any club had a better off-season than Boston? Maybe Memphis. That's the only team that will come to mind. Like teams that took giant steps forward, the, the only two that, that come to mind for me would be Boston, and the other one would be Memphis. Granted, Memphis had a lot more ground to to move forward. So right. you know, so you know, you you could definitely look at their move as a bigger one than the one for Boston. But I think that's the only other team that I'd probably grade an A in the offseason, I think. Hmm. Uh, do you have different thoughts on that, Scotty? Mm, no, no, not really. I mean, I think just at first uh, at first uh, brush, um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that makes sense. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm just going going up and down yeah. the roster of the league right now. I think the Beers and- had a good offseason as well. I think that's the other one. That kind of jumps out at me is having a strong off season, but like draft day, the biggest winners would have been like you and the Amish, right? I think you guys were the ones with the most. I think so, picks, right? So I, I think so, and you you, you might. I, I think you would have to you would have the to throw woo the woo well. into yeah. that conversation yeah. because they did have two of the one top four. four. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, yeah, it's 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 hard to see another club rising into that same tier in terms of uh, an off-season grade, um, mm. uh, along with 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 Boston and Memphis. I mean, I think those are the two teams that, in, at least so. in my mind, kind of rise to that level. Yeah. Um, given the amount of tur- uh, turnover and turnaround that we have seen in Memphis and the uh, ag- uh, aggressiveness that has been displayed by the double downs in, mm-hmm. in attempting to make up ground there in the East mm-hmm. um, and, and hope to, to knock the rockets off their perch. Yeah, it's a stupid um, idea. And stupid I, idea. Uh, you know, I don't know. Of course we saw Suzuki was uh, of course uh, did, did sign. So that, that mm-hmm. draft pick will pay off. Um, I, I might argue for that reason alone, the draft grade of C, you know, if Suzuki uh, produces to any, any, uh, you know, useful level this year, that, that might be a little bit low. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I really like what Boston has done. I mean, they, yeah, me I, I think, uh, they, they have been incredibly impressive this off season. And I, you know, I don't know if it's enough really to swat at the knees of the Rockets, um, here, here this season coming up now, but, um, uh, the, the, the double downs have certainly made the East. I mean, it's hard to say, could it have been more inter- interesting already? You know, I mean, the, the competition, uh, the level of competition in the East is, is such that it's, it's always compelling to watch that divi- uh, division, but, um, uh, Boston is a real player. I mean, I think yep. they're a real player and we'll talk about talk about that a little more as we get into the meat of the season preview, but I think they're a real player, not only in the playoff picture, but in the title picture for 2022. Agreed. Yeah. If you don't mind, I just want to say real quick about their draft grade. Um, I graded overall um, a lot of the picks and they had some early picks that I mentioned in here that are a little risky for, uh, my taste, especially for a team that I think is going to be competing for the next two or three years, I thought they would go after uh, more players that would be major league contributors or more sure things. Um, Kolos and Freelick are um, two of their early picks that have high upside, but I think have too many question marks in a fantasy league that I got a little nervous about that. And obviously Arias is that international prospect who's really young and will take a while. Uh, and then Seiya Suzuki is, I think, a good player, but I'm not sold on him overall. And I'm not just saying that to um, because I didn't get him and I'm beating him down. I just, I'm not sold that he's going to translate from the MPB to the MLB based off some of the things I've been reading from uh, Japanese analysts. Uh, I think he'll be a decent player, but I don't think he's going to be a superstar by any means. So that's where the draft is or why I, dra- I put the draft grade as a C, but you can't doubt that. I think the Boston double downs had the best off season as a whole. And to me are the third best team in the league now at this point. Yeah. Ooh, hot take. Yep. That's also a spoiler, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So what what do we make of uh, and and maybe I'll 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 take a little shot at the disposable heroes um, here. What do we make of the fact that the disposable heroes have begun this transition of you know taking a few steps back, um, sort of out of that playoff picture? 
and you know refocusing their efforts on rebuilding for the future um, really for the first time in the history of that franchise but we see an initial draft grade of C so very well not even really middle of the road I would say you know it's kind of as draft grades go probably you know kind of top of the of the low end um, concerning concerning for the disposable heroes already no go ahead Alex yeah so I just wasn't a huge fan of the guys they selected. I thought there were better guys on the board for them to take. Uh, I think the organization as a whole has made it pretty clear that they're looking for top tier talents, top tier picks. And they went with a lot of guys that again, have, I think that's going to be a staple of what this draft class is. When we look back at it in a few years is a lot of players with high potential, but a lot of, risk and I, I think they leaned into it very hard there and I'm not sure they're going to be getting much value when we look back three to four years at this draft class um, and I could be completely wrong and this could be one of the worst takes uh, easily and they may have three superstars coming out of that draft class but uh, I thought that there were other guys on the board that would have fit what the organization was trying to do better and Obviously, they disagreed. They went somewhere else. And it's one of those takes where either I'm going to look like an idiot or he's going to look like an idiot. But I love <laughs> Bill, so I'm going to trust him at this point. I think he knows what he's doing. He's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. I think for me, it just comes back to a point that I've kind of harped on in the past. I think once you get outside the first few picks in any of our drafts, I think you could take the other 80 or so players that were drafted and you can throw them in a hat and you can pick them out at random. And I think your odds of hitting on somebody would be about just about as good as if you put hours and hours of research into it. Um, it's it is just such a crapshoot. And I've you know, we 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 we've gone over this year after year after year where you see guys that you think are gonna be stars and they just don't work out. And and it's kind of funny we came up on this topic now because I happen to be looking at at a box score. Uh, for the Twins, because I want to see if Gary Sanchez was DHing today, if he was catching, because I just traded for him this offseason. And he wasn't DHing. And I, and I saw a name of a guy who was DHing today, and it was T. Beckham. And I thought to myself, well, that's not Tim Beckham. That's not the former, you know, absolutely blue chip cat miss prospect. And yeah, it is. And this <laughs> is a guy I remember when I think it was Johnny that owned him back in the day, Scotty. And they talked this guy up like he was going to be the next Cal Ripken. And uh, suffice it to say, this did not happen. And 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 there's just there, there are just so many of these guys that year, year after year that we are just so excited about that just that just bomb out in spectacular fashion. So, you know, the thing with the draft, I think if you're rebuilding, I think what you just need is you need a number of picks. And you basically just want to get as many yep. picks as possible. And you just got to hope that you hit at a reasonable clip. And by reasonable clip, I don't mean 75%. I mean like 33%. If you got nine picks and three of them turned into really good major league players, you have done yourself a really nice job. And, uh, and, and, and I think it pretty much comes down to that. If the, if the, if the generals hit – in this rebuild at a 33% clip, we are so screwed. <laughs> well, it also depends on, on on the spot you're picking. I'm saying like beyond, say, pick eight in the first round. 
if you're picking one or two or three or four, those are picks you have to hit on. But if you're picking at 17, you know, if you're honestly convinced the guy you picked at the top of the second round is going to be a star, you know, you may want to put that thought away for a little while because chances are he's going to be Michael Lenoa, you know, which, 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 you know, kind of thing. So it's like also depends on your draft. What is the quality of the draft we're picking from this year? Right? Yeah, of course. This year, it really felt like after six, there was a huge drop off in talent. Mm-hmm. It's true. That's true. That's and true. I think there was two years ago, it was middle of the second round, and you're sitting there looking at guys like, how are these guys not taken in the first round? And that was just yeah. a very deep draft. So um, I expect next year to be another hotly contested draft like it was two years ago everybody wanting to pick people in the late second round are potentially going to be doing a lot better than guys who were drafted in the late first round this year. I just think next year's draft is loaded. And uh, this year, yeah. I, I think there was definitely a clear top six. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's why we sat at the top of last year's <laughs> draft and we'll sit at the top of next yep. year's draft, my yep. friend. And that's what, all, and, and, and it all. sounds bad, Scotty, but that's basically what you have to do. Like if you're doing, a full-on rebuild, you basically need five or six shots in the first round for two or three straight years. Because if you have that, then unless your luck just sucks, you're probably going to bump into a a number of very useful players, and you're probably going to bump into a couple of superstars. And if you can do that, then you're in a pretty good spot. Okay, guys, any more, um, any, any final thoughts on the, on the off season grades? Before we move on, well, well, quick thing, Alex, you, is it possible for you to give us a, a quick preview of what is going to be coming up in the second group of teams? I don't know. There's a certain team in particular that I would be interested in. I think that they're <laughs> based off the initial draft of the next eight. I, I think we're going to see that the second highest grade of the off season will be coming in the next eight. Uh, I also think the worst grade of the offseason will be coming in the next eight. So mm. there mm. is, uh, again, I think there's going to be a lot of variability in these mm. this next eight and a lot more heated takes in that because I think a lot of those teams may have had more confusing, confusing directions or mm. um, I'm not able to tell what they're trying to do. And that often leads to more explosive grades. Ah. <laughs> So to, to translate for everyone, he's going to be pissing some people off in this next bunch of grades. Yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I put my phone away right after I release Good it thinking. and uh, go for a long run. Good thinking. <laughs> Good thinking. But before we go too far off that, I do want to talk about um, my team's moves real quick, if you don't mind, because I think oh, there's a lot of... Sure. A lot of confusion Confusion. why I wrote this this way. Like I said earlier, I was doing this from a reporter's view. I tried to take my own interest out of it. And so I one of the best comments was, you have to love how Grazeview, the writer, is confused by what Grazeview, the GM, did. <laughs> and that is a great take. I should have put something at the top saying that I am taking myself out of this from the GM role. But... I did not, and so I understand the confusion. But when I when I looked at everything for Grayview as a whole, I could definitely see some moves that contradicted maybe 
one or the other direction. Graysview was definitely somewhere where it looked like they were ramping up to compete. They made a move to get Teoscar Hernandez, and then all of a sudden, uh, the next move, they trade away Nate Lowe and uh, get a young pitcher back in return. And so they weren't con- we weren't consistent, but I think the reason is we're still ramping up and we're always looking to acquire top talent, guys that we think are going to be superstars in the future. And especially since I don't look at this roster and say they're guaranteed to be competing, I think it's always good to be looking for guys who are going to be studs for five or six years and continue to ramp up into a better team. So every move we made this year, I felt like the team got better, not only this year, but three or four years down the road. We got more guys to fill in the gaps that I thought we definitely had. Hitting has always been a weakness for us, and I definitely feel like the lineup is vastly improved, not only for this season, but for two or three years down the road. And I think we have I've always done a good job of identifying pitchers, and I really like some of the pitch guys I have uh, coming through, even though I still think some of them are underrated. I think there's going to be a lot of really talented pitchers um, in the next two or three years graduating from the minor leagues. Very good. Very good. Well, Alex, again, we uh, appreciate you being here with us tonight. We're going to roll on into the BDL Vegas Odds 2022 presented by the Inside Podcast. And Mike, um, I tell you what, why don't you give us a uh, sort of a quick uh, peek behind the curtain as to how the Vegas odds were tabulated this year? Sure. Uh, so basically, we, we've been doing this probably for about a decade now. So what, what, what I basically do is I look at projections for what I think everyone's 28-man roster will do. This gets a little tricky when you have teams with like 60-man rosters and you got to go in and try to get a feel for who they're going to cut and who they're not going to cut. So thanks, Kevin, and a couple of other you. <laughs> got friggin' 18 guys you have to cut. It's like this This does not make this easy. But, yes, yeah, so so I, I, I basically take a look at the projection of who I think their 28-man rosters are going to be. Then I give each team a hitter score, a pitcher score, and then from from that point on, you kind of have to massage where you think teams are going. So are there teams that you think are going to be aggressive and buy during the season? If you do, you kind of have to knock their number up a little bit. If you think they're going to be sellers, you knock their number down a little bit. Then you have to look at things like schedules. Do you play in the BDL East? You do. You may want to knock a couple of wins off your total. Do you play in the South? You may want to knock another 10 wins onto your total. That. <laughs> that that's that type of thing. And then when you get to that point, you try to get a feel for, okay, uh, for, for the total number of wins, how many wins are there going to be as a league this year compared to prior years, you know, and then, and then you have to make sure the numbers kind of match up. And then at the end of it, you just kind of take a look at the entire list and see, okay, does this make sense? And at that point, you probably massage a little more, and then you wind up with what the final list looks at, and it makes a lot of sense. And you show it to everybody, and they all say you're an idiot, and you got all the numbers wrong, and their team is far too low, and blah, blah, blah. And this is basically what the process is. <laughs> Good deal. Well, from from the list I see, there are essentially uh, five tiers 
Yeah. Um, in this year's uh, Vegas odds, the way the uh, the way the odds, the over under, uh, break out, and each uh, each of the uh, clubs were assigned a hit score, a pitch score, a total score, and of course, over under. Um, do, do you want to go through this uh, bottom to top, top to bottom? What do you What do you guys think? How about we go top to bottom? Uh, so in 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 tier one. We have what what uh, for for the thing here is I basically call it tier one title contenders, and that would be the Cramps and the Rockets, and that made sense. It's the two teams that that won 140 games plus each. It would make sense that they're kind of in a tier of their own. Both teams have not gotten worse since last year. The Cramps, I think, have gotten a little bit better from last year, so I think that makes sense. And I have both of those teams listed at 128 and a half wins. Uh, quick side note, due to the morons running Major League Baseball, our season will be one week shorter this year. So all of the totals might look a little lower than they normally are because we're going to be playing one fewer week is from is what I'm to be believed. So so our total numbers are all going to look a little lower than they normally would. So like for, for instance, for the Rockets and the Cramps would probably have been in the 133, 134 range. They end up at 128 and a half. Uh, then we have a big a big tier in tier two that I called playoff teams. I think all five of these teams will be in the playoffs, and they go from the Double Downs, the Cardinals, the Chicks, the Beers, and the Mounties. And I have them in that order, but they're they're really clumped up uh, with the Double Downs at one fifteen and a half, and the Mounties at one hundred six and a half, and the other three kind of dropping in between those two numbers. Then we have three teams that I call on the bubble, and I think these are going to be the three teams that are fighting for that eighth playoff spot. And this would be the Elevation, the Wallabies, and the Lions. And I have them all within three games of each other at 88.5 wins for the Elevation, and then 85.5 for both the Wallabies and the Lions. Then I've got um, uh, then then I have another big group of five teams in tier four that I called hoping to surprise. That'll be the heroes, the killer cards, the Amish, the Wu, and the Vipers. I have the heroes as the best of this group, but this might change because I think he's going to continue to sell off. So this score is a bit of a tricky one to set. Uh, I have him at seventy six and a half, which just looks so wrong for a Bill team. And it goes down to 65 and a half of the Vipers. And then I have one tier of a team that should just be embarrassed. Uh, the tier name should be relegated. And, and I really think that's fair. Uh, that would be the Gotham City Generals. And I have them at a beautiful 42 and a half wins. And, and it took work to get you up to 42 and a half, Scotty. If this team was not playing in the South, it would have been in the 30s. But that that is just a a historically bad major league roster right now. And I know that's the plan and you've done a marvelous job on that plan of the finals to make it a historically <laughs> bad major league roster because that team stinks. So yeah, that, 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 that is basically the list in a nutshell. So, yeah, I mean, not, I wouldn't say too many surprises necessarily rockets cramps, uh, slotted at the top of the league, both projected for 128 and a half uh, wins. So uh, I think that's that's you know was probably predicted or, or to be predicted. 
uh, both, both of those clubs, certainly elite clubs. Um, and as we discussed a few minutes ago in the other, uh, in the, in the opening segment there, the double downs slotting in as the number three team in the league heading into the start of the season. Um, to me, to me, that just makes, that just makes a lot of sense, um, based on the, uh, moves that Boston has made this off season. And I think, uh, I think that that work is reflected here in the, in the Vegas odds. Um, Cardinals. I mean, I think we have to note that there are, you know, four, four teams from the East, the Rockets, the double downs and the Cardinals, or excuse me, three teams from the East, the Rockets, the double downs and the Cardinals uh, comprising the top four slots here in the Vegas odds. So I guess, you know, from, from, from one point of view, uh, here we are again. Um, yeah. The more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's disgusting to be quite honest with you. And <laughs> and and to be honest, there was a part of me that wanted to not do that, but I looked into the numbers again. And then if you even look at last year's breakdown numbers, the Rockets were one, the Cardinals were three, the Double Downs were five. So having us one, three, four. It's it's certainly not a reach by any stretch of the imagination when you look at what the double downs have done this off season. So uh, yeah, the East is, is it's stacked again. It's it's a tired record. I'm sick of playing, but the East is stacked again. <laughs> what um, I mean, we, you know, we see the chicks, the Memphis chicks, you know, slotted in there at 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 one hundred and ten and a half. Mm-hmm. projected wins here in the Vegas odds. Um, you know, that's, that's good enough for fifth overall in, in yeah. these projections. And, you know, I know we all recognize the fact that the chicks have made incredible strides this off season. Um, I mean, Alex, do you think that even seems possibly a little high for the chicks? Um, that's not to discount their, their activity, their moves in this off season. Uh, but, uh, you know, going from their, Oh, I don't know if I can pull that up quickly enough. Anyway, they were of course last in the South division uh, this past, uh, this past season, 68 wins, 117 losses, um, and now projected to be the fifth best team in the league. Yeah, it's, it definitely is a testament to how well they did this offseason improving the team. Uh, I think they're still a little high when I look at the roster. Um, I think the pitch score is going to be the concern. Uh, the pitch score is tied. Uh, it, it's hard to know in the order, but it's the lowest or tied for the lowest of the playoff teams and title, mm-hmm. title contenders. So yeah. I think they may struggle with that and looking at some of their pitchers, uh, that definitely could be a concern for them this off season or this season. And if they don't hit the mark that they are on here, I think that's likely the reason why they don't, because they are very good hitters. Uh, I, I do think that the hit score is a little high for them as well, but there's no doubt they had a fantastic off season and are drastically improved. I think that I would put them between the playoff teams and on the bubble. Um, I, I don't know if they're quite securely in the playoff tier for me, but they're mm-hmm. definitely not securely in the on the bubble tier either. They might be an in-between team for me, but 
Um, I, I also wouldn't say that this is a horrible ranking by any means. I could definitely see a scenario where they, they get 110 this year. Yeah. In fact, in, in fact, by um, by this projection, the chicks are just a few ticks below the the double downs. When you look at the overall uh, scoring uh, system here, um, the chicks with the second highest hit score in the entire BDL here in the Vegas yeah. odds, a hit score of 69. That is topped only by the double downs at 73. And those two clubs have identical pitch scores here in the Vegas odds rankings of 46. Um, so pretty, pretty interesting, Mike. Yeah. I definitely had to think a double take at that one. Like when, when, when I ruled out these numbers, I was under the assumption that the wallabies gonna, were going to wind up being a lot closer to the chicks than it ended up coming up. And I actually reran the numbers again, thinking there's no way the gap is this big, but, but it is, and then when I went and looked at that chicks lineup, it's 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 a lot better than you think. And when you look at that outfield of Chris Bryan in Colorado now, which is just the absolute ideal landing spot, and you got Byron Buxton, and you got Aaron Judge. Now, the Judge thing could be a little interesting if he's not vaccinated, like many believe he is not. Uh, that might have been a pretty glorious trade for you there, Scotty, because he might not be playing in New York if uh, if that's the case. And then Kyle Tucker. If those guys are all on the field, that's a, that's an amazing outfield. And I, I just think they've, they've, they've had a really great offseason as far as make, picking up offensive players. Uh, I agree with Alex. The pitching is still the concern. And if that is not dealt with before the playoffs i think that's that could really bite him he is he has the luxury of of what scotty's had the last few years though uh of he doesn't need a great pitching staff to destroy that division he just needs an okay pitching staff and great hitters and i think he has that and while 110 and a half might be a little high I don't, I don't think it's really high just because when you play that division twice, you're going to put up an ungodly number of, of wins just in your division matchups. True. Um, it, it's worth noting as we look also at the, uh, at the uh, lower portion of the playoff teams tier here in the Vegas odds. Um, the, the, I guess we'll, we'll call it since it's a, it's a divisional rivalry here in the, in the North, the BDL North, the beers and Mounties are so neck and neck that uh, we see the beers um, slightly above the Mounties in this ranking with uh, projected for 107 and a half victories to 106.5 for the Mounties. However, uh, the Mounties have a, have a higher total score. Uh, 104 to 102 here here in the tabulation. So um, really, it's 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 a total coin flip, and that is something that we saw uh, not really early on, but certainly in the in the midsection of of last season. Um, you know that that beers Mounties dynamic there in the north uh, was was quite entertaining, and according to the Vegas odds. Uh, Mike and Alex, um, we're, we're going to go down that road again and, and see probably a, a similar race here yeah. in 2022. I knocked the Mounties down just a little bit, just based on a health risk. Uh, with Max Muncy's projections are obscene if you look at them. 
and he, he is a definite health risk. And of course, the ultimate health risk in our league would be Jacob DeGrom, where if he's healthy all season, he's got the best pitcher in baseball. But there's there's probably a coin flip chance that this guy pitches a half a season or less this year. And if that happens, that that will will, will change things for him, obviously. That's definitely a, a fair take. And I think the Mounties and the Chicks have the highest volatility in that that group there because they do have so many players that are often injured. We talked about judge, but Buxton, how many times have we dreamed about what he could do on the field only to have his great seasons cut short. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it'll be exciting to watch. I know the beers and Mounties, they are, it's not that they're just evenly matched in the standings. It's when you look at their rosters, they, have same quality of hitters, same quality of pitchers. And so it makes the scores really close in their matchups as well. So they're always fun to watch their scores uh, as the season or as the week goes on while they're playing each other. Cause it's normally pretty close and they jump back and forth each day of who's winning and who's losing that matchup. Alex, what, what is your take on the uh, matchup here that we see between the elevation and your club, the lions uh, here in the Vegas odds, the elevation projected for 88 and a half wins, the Lions for 85.5. So relatively close. I mean, it's, it's you know, certainly uh, it could could come down to just a few games here on the season there in that West, uh, West division. Um, you fell behind the elevation last season. Um, I think you finished something like seven games, seven and a half games behind the elevation. Um, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere, somewhere close to that. Eight and a um, half, yeah, eight and a half, Scotty. Eight and a half. Okay. So, um, you know, we definitely see here in this uh, preseason projection, that window, uh, that window tightening up substantially in the West. What, what do you attribute that to? I definitely think it's the young talent that's finally starting to make its way for Gray's view. Uh, there's been a lot of time, uh, especially when this roster first switched over from uh, the previous owner to Gray's view, there was a definite focus on getting young, talented players and let them come up to the majors. And you're starting to see those players get older and uh, get experience under their belt. So I think you're seeing a, a roster that continues to each year get a little bit better uh, and, and obviously, Teoscar Hernandez is a huge boost for that team. I think uh, Gray's view, their weakness last year was clearly their hitting. I think they were one of the worst offensive teams in April, uh, regardless of who they played. And we definitely saw two years ago when they lost in the first round to, to the Woo, they had one of the worst offensive performances ever. So I keep saying they, we, I need to put my GM hat back on. <laughs> they, we were definitely looking for upgrades on the offense, but we also know we have a lot of extremely talented young guys. And I think you're going to see the lions keep getting better with um, unfortunately, Josh young, not making his season or MLB debut this year. will probably be next year, but uh, they've got, we got Seth beer. I think Olivares will take a step up. You've got Carol who will hopefully be healthy in Soderstrom. They might not make the majors this year, but they're top tier prospects hitting wise. And, uh, I also think you're going to see Carlson, who I think is still only 22 at this point, will take a step forward as well. So a lot of young guys 
finally starting to settle in offensively, but also we took a serious approach to getting more high quality bats in, in the, uh, the lineup this year. And I think another player who doesn't get talked about enough is Luis Urias, who I think is going to be a huge boost to the lineup. Um, he pushes, pushes David Fletcher out and makes him a utility guy, which is where I think David Fletcher needs to be and just brings more value to the team. So um, definitely a lot better hitting is, I think, why this gap has closed better. Well, the Lions certainly not overpowering in any particular area going into into this season, but very balanced across the board. You're looking at a, a hit score of 43 and a pitch score of 43. Uh, so we, you know, we, we can, we can only, uh, assume that if those, th- uh, those two, uh, sides of your club continue to rise consistently together, um, that it will be a consistently competitive club in the future. And that leads me to, uh, kind of another question looking at the future, specifically in the West division, you are projected right now, uh, still, uh, several, several games ahead of the Wrigleyville woo, uh, 20 games ahead of the Wrigleyville Woo, actually. Um, of course, the Lions uh, are, are slotted at 85.5 wins. The Woo, 65.5 here in the Vegas odds. Yet you're both rebuilding. You're both rebuilding at the same time, coming up at the same time, uh, behind the elevation and behind the juggernaut that is currently the Crawford Cramps there in the Western uh, West Division of the BDL. Um, you know, the Wu, however, have had better recent draft positioning, and, and we'll see how those new pieces sort of influence uh, that dynamic in the West. But as as the both of you, both clubs, are on the rise at the same time, um, what what is your your vision, your take on how that roadmap will look over the course of the next twelve to twenty four months? Um, just looking at what Wrigleyville is doing now, do you think they will outpace the Lions at some point, catch the Lions, um, and, 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 and the two of you will rise you know, toward the top of that division simultaneously? Uh, are you confident enough in your plan that you think you're going to stay ahead of that pace and, and, and ahead of the woo? Uh, because I think that's sort of a that's sort of the story to watch in the West right now, setting the cramps aside, of course. That's the story to watch right now in the West is, you know, who who, who gets to that to that imaginary finish line first in, in that rebuild, the Lions or the Woo? I feel very confident that uh, we're going to be the second place team by the end of next season. We may do it this year or we may do it next year, but by the end of next year, we'll be the second team, second place team in that division. Uh, and I'm hopeful we'll be by a comf- comfortable margin and hopefully we'll be closer to the cramps than we are uh, the elevation or the woo. And there's nothing to take away from the woo. They have a lot of very interesting prospects and talented guys that are going to make them a good team. But I think at this point, a lot more of my prospects are have hit the majors or about to hit the majors. I think you'll you'll see Grayson Rodriguez, uh, who I expect to be an ace in the league, uh, coming up fairly early on. And then I also expect Bobby Miller and uh, Velasovich to also make the the league this year. So I feel confident that this team will do better on the Vegas than the Vegas odds said nothing against the Vegas odds uh, because you took our current roster. I think there's a lot of young guys that will be 
making a difference and will produce higher than some of the other guys we currently have on the roster, uh, which is just the nature of having minor leagues. You hope that you have better young talent coming in to challenge your current talent and hopefully make your roster better. So overall, I think the Wu have a lot of very talented prospects and a lot of interesting guys that are going to make their team each year in the Vegas odds have better scores. But right now, I think uh, with our plan, we expect this year to pass the elevation uh, in for second place. And if that doesn't happen, and it's close like it's predicted here. I expect next year for us to be the second place team in in that division. So uh, we're, we're very excited about a lot of the young guys we have. Um, I think Soderstrom, uh, hitting-wise, young Soderstrom, um, are very exciting prospects. Carol, I think, is one of the most exciting hitting prospects. And uh, Kartaya had a great year as well. So um, I, I just get really excited talking about my minor league players because I think I have so many guys that are going to make a difference this year. Mike, you should be ashamed of yourself. You've completely undersold the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> I think do, I have them you... in the right tier, though. I think I have them and the Elevation and the Wallabies. I think that's the right tier of the three teams that are going to be fighting for that last playoff spot. I think that like, I'm pretty sure that we can get pretty much consensus that the, the, the top seven teams are the top seven teams. I, I, I think that's close to a consensus position. in the Barring league. injuries, of yeah, course. Of course, of course. We've definitely talked about there's a couple teams that could – of course, lose some wins because of that. Sure, sure, but uh, I think the gap between seven and the rest of the league is is big enough where it, it it'll probably take some 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 pretty substantial injuries to one of those teams or one of the teams beneath them taking a major step forward to to kind of catch them. So so I think the tiers are are, are pretty pretty correct like teams within the tiers could certainly jump up and i wouldn't be surprised if one team jumped from one tier to another but 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 i, I think from an overall perspective i i think the numbers are what they are right now and and i think the numbers might be different in 12 months than what they are right now but i would bet a substantial amount of money on those top seven teams being in the playoffs this year well, I did finally find the mistake in your numbers. You forgot to mm. put L.A. Harris Montero for 65 home runs this year. So that's that's what it that's was. That's what it was. Okay. Yes. That's what, okay. So, <laughs> so, so doing that, I'm definitely gonna jump you from 10th to 9th. I think. <laughs> I think. I think I can do that for you. He's giving me half a win right there. That's all there I you, need. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, question for the group: Do we consider? Mm. Do we consider the killer cars? at this stage to be rebuilding or trying to win? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Um, it's, it's, it's just so hard to tell. Like if you look at that roster and it's like, I don't want to see stars and scrubs, but it's kind of got a bit of a stars and scrubs feel to it. And there's a lot of players on the team I really like, but as a, as a combination, I don't like it as a fantasy team. If that makes any sense at all, 
And maybe that didn't make any sense at all. But there's a bunch of players I'd like on this team. But but put together, this recipe just doesn't feel like something that's going to turn into a really tasty meal. There's some stars there, and there's some good young talent, and there's some good future pieces. But I don't see a contender. I don't see a, um, a fully rebuilding squad. Mm-hmm. I just I, I see a lot of interesting players and for different reasons and i'm not saying interesting in a bad way but you have carlos correa who i think we all agree is one of the best shortstops in the game Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you have right now projected to start rowdy Tellez, and i i don't think if you're competing that you should have rowdy as a starter he could definitely be a nice uh, bench piece but um yeah it's and there's some great prospects on here yeah. It's it's very hard to tell what direction they're going for. I mean, they went and acquired Yasmani Grandal, uh, who I think is a very talented catcher. But it, are you rebuilding with a what is he thirty five year old catcher thirty three? So yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's just such a weird team, and it it kind of harkens back to the conversation we had on our last show, Scotty, with Ryan, where you had you know the four types of teams. And one of the types was kind of just kind of stuck in a limbo kind of feel. And this is, this is kind of how I feel about the cars. Like I'm just, I'm just not sure what the plan is going forward. And Johnny's such a good GM and had such a long run of success in this league that it, it kind of confuses me, but I'm just, I'm just not sure what, what the plan is like, yeah, I, I I don't I think I think it was Alex who who said just a second ago that um, it, it's it's clear the cars are not fully rebuilding and I I would agree with that. Um, there, there's a little bit of of kind of stuck in limbo I think going on, but um, I mean one thing you you have to give you have to give the cars credit for there are real. There are real movable, usable, valuable assets on this club. Yeah. Um. And you, I mean, up up and down the club. I mean, and, and just, I mean, you're you're, you guys have already named several of 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 those, especially the the major league pieces. But you know, e- even in the minor leagues, you've got Brujan, um, uh, C.J. Abrams. Um, I'd love the um, the the draft pick of, of Trey Sweeney. Uh, from this past draft for for the killer cars, uh, George Kirby, um, you know, it, it, I'm not saying it's littered with you know, uh, you know, future Hall of Famers necessarily, but um, you know, those assets combined, major league to minor league, um, I mean, there there are real groceries to cook with mm-hmm. on this roster. I think that's, you know, no, no one could, could deny that looking at this club. And, you know, if, 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 if the current owner, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, decided to walk away today, you know, it, it's one of those fantasy rosters um, that as, as an incoming new owner in, in a league, you would look at and go, really, this is, this is the club I get to inherit um, jackpot. You know, I yeah. mean, it's not, it's not, it's not a title contender right now, obviously, but, but, but it's got pieces. It's got pieces and it's and, got very, very useful, buildable, uh, stackable 
um, pieces um, and, and, and pieces that, that can be leveraged for uh, future assets as well. So there, yeah. there's a lot going on with this roster. Uh, the cars have done a lot, I think, to position it pretty darn well. It's just a matter of... Um, it's the switch flipping. That's the it, issue it's with the, you know that, guys like guys talking heads like us, um, you know, sitting down tonight, you know, kind of being a little confused as uh, confused as to where they're going this year. You know, is this yeah. are, are the cars trying to compete now? Are they trying to stack additional assets for later? Um, yeah, there, there's some switch flipping going on, and it, it's difficult to answer that question. And yeah. that's that's why I wanted to pose the question. Um, yeah, for me, Scotty, the cars, and I think we spoke about this a few shows back, but this team I thought was the one that was ideally set up to deal with you this offseason. Because if you look at the roster they have right now, <laughs> I tried. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, if you look and at the listen, team they listen, have on the field, there, there are a couple of giant holes in their offensive lineup. So if you fill second, if you replace Richard Palacios with Jose Altuve, the upgrade at that spot is monumental. If you upgrade from Telez to Jose Abreu, just those two players. If you look at that lineup with those two guys in there, you go from a pretty bleh roster, like from a hitting perspective, to a pretty good one. And that's with that's with two ads. So this team, it it just it it confuses me because I think they really are three or four players from being in that playoff team tier, but for whatever reason, those deals are not getting made. And I don't, and they have enough capital to make those trades. So I I don't understand what the holdup is. For the record, the cars are still trying to deal with the generals. In fact, I rejected one deal just yesterday. For who? Uh, who do you have left? That, <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there. Oh, give me but, a uh, he was trying to acquire someone from that that grease fire of a team. Hold on. Yes, yes, yes. Jeez. The cars wanted to acquire our assets. Hold on, I'm trying to. I have Trent to look at Grisham. this and see what's available. Yeah, Trent Grisham, maybe. Uh, I'm looking. It's got to be Grisham. It's got it to be Grisham. That's all there is. Trying to... Let me look at the pitchers, but it, it has to be Grisham. Uh, maybe Gavin Sheets for a corner infielder. We're really uh, reaching down there. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, looking, I'm looking this for. I'm, I'm sorry, Scott. This is so insulting to, to our host here. <laughs> but like Cole, maybe Cole Calhoun. I mean, maybe? your second best hitter might actually be Adley Rushman. Uh, which I know you're not <laughs> trading him, but well, that, I, well, we know he's not trading him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that actually might be your second most productive hitter in the MLB this year. That might be his first first most productive hitter in the MLB <laughs> this year. Um, yeah, who was he trying to get, Scott? <laughs> it's it's not it's neither here nor there. No, it's, no, it's irrelevant. It, it, it is, it's it irrelevant. Is, it is here and there, actually. Uh, you know I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight thinking about either. this, right? Like I'm, I'm looking at this team, and I'm asking myself, who in God's name did he want to pluck off this major league roster? It's got to be Nico and... Horner. It's got to be Nico. If if it's not Trent Grisham, Nico, it's got to be Nico Horner. N- listen, listen. Nico is available. 
I think we can safely say everyone on this major league roster is available. safely available. Yeah. Mike, you know something we've never done on the air? What's that? Just ripped apart your team? What's, no, what's we, we, we've, we've never executed a trade on the air. Send me something right now for Nico Horner. Let's you know, talk this out. You know what? I can, I can send you something for Nico Horner. If you send me a third round pick and Nico Horner, I'll give you a fifth round pick. Oh, that's, that's, that's mean. That's very, very mean. Come on. That's very mean. That's not nice uh, at all. You know what, Scotty? I'm going to send you a late round draft pick for Nico Horner. How does that sound? I would rather trade you. I'll tell you what. Yeah. What you got? Let me send you Maximo Acosta. Why? And. <laughs> I would just buy it over there. And uh, Cole Calhoun. Okay. I need for... some of the cards of my starters. All right. Do you do you have. Hold on. Wait, I, I got to look and see what, what draft picks you have right now. I got a bunch still. Uh, Careful. He might yeah. be leveraging you for a trade with the cars later, trying to get a yeah, little bit more out of the cars. That's possible. <laughs> uh, let's see. 22, 20. Uh, see, I, I'm looking at 23. Yeah. yeah. So you have. Um, Oh well, you've got you've got two round three picks next year. I, I, I think I'm, I think I have three or four of them, don't I? I'm showing. Wrong? I you thought a... I had three. I could be wrong. Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm not used to looking at the. I'm I'm still on the forum. We and we have changed uh, how we gotcha. do business. I have so, I have four third round picks, Scotty. Well, see, we can make this happen. Of course we can. Okay, uh, so how much we can for Nico Horner and Maximo Costa? But let, let's just that. forget about Horner. He's too right. he's too valuable to he's me. He's too valuable. All right, all right. He's too valuable to you. So it's Acosta and okay. and Calhoun for okay. okay uh, uh, quick question, Scotty. All off season, you've been trying to trade uh, trade me Acosta. Has he broken both of his legs? Is there something wrong with this? Guy? He's a fine prospect. I don't know why you keep. Well, how come you keep trying to trade him to it? Because I think it's, I, always, I think it's always maximum cost. It's I, 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 else. <laughs> it, it is my belief that yeah. you are interested in acquiring him. Well, you keep mentioning him, so I, I wonder what's wrong with him. Mike, he, he's owned yes. by 4%. He is yeah. rostered in is rostered in four percent of is. CBS leagues. Okay, update from CBS on Maximo Costa. Maximo Costa looks healthy again. Which See, makes, which makes me wonder what the hell was wrong with him before. Uh, Nothing at all. No, no, he was just healthy again. There uh, you go. Uh, the fact that he was involved in an injury squad game is making news. Kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, the fact they, that he is even in CBS news ought to give you peace of mind. <laughs> All right, I'll make you a trade for friggin' Acosta. And who do you think else are you going to give me? I, I, I don't care. Let me take a look. Let me see. I don't have anyone. <laughs> There's no one left, man. This team is awful. Brad Miller. Bad Miller? No, he's terrible, man. He's, he's awful. He's, he's, he's a utility guy. I mean, he's eligible at four positions. Yeah, but I Five, including DH. But I wouldn't play him at any of them on my team. <laughs> Again, irrelevant. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Scotty. Take Brad Miller and put him on my team, and you tell me when I'm going to use him. How many of my players have to die to get him to get him into the starting lineup? Three, four. I, I right, three I, deaths. I, right. How many three guys to pass away to get to get him out of the field? <laughs> 
Oh, Jesus, I, I, this is horrible. My God, I don't, I don't, I don't have your offer yet. You no, know what? I'm, th- I'm thinking, man. I'm trying to find something. You know what I'm going to do next time is I'm going to come prepared with a trade offer for both of you. Um, <laughs> one for the two of you to do between the, and you guys can like tell me how yeah. bad I am at that. But mm. um, that would be much more interesting because mm. uh, I think I could definitely have some create some fun trade opportunities for the yeah. two of you. Historically, Scotty and I have made a lot of trades to get Have a lot. A lo- yeah. Oh yeah, a bunch. And and it's it, it's almost comical because despite this five minute argument about the value of Brad Miller and Maximo Costa, we, we tend to match up really, really quickly and, and our deals tend to tend to get done really fast. And they That's are true. and they are rarely two player trades. These are usually six and seven player deals that get done. In, in a pretty ridiculous amount of time. And sometimes I question why they're getting done so fast. Like, what, what the hell are we doing wrong here that we're getting these seven-player do- deals done in 10 minutes when it takes me four hours to go up, uh, up and down with Brian on friggin' trade deadline day, you know, <laughs> for, for some backup reliever that we're trading the fifth-round pick for. Well, so, uh, Mike, as you are um... – as you're as you're typing up a trade, I, I can hear you doing it right yeah, now. That's that's me. Me. Yeah, so so that's me. Yeah, well, well, Alex is going to propose. See, he's going to steal a cost. You you're you're missing this, this, this opportunity. Uh, I have a question for you, Scotty. Who the hell is, is making Cole Calhoun CBS projection? <laughs> can you take a quick look at those numbers? <laughs> why, why do you, why do you think those numbers are off? Thirty-one home runs. How many do if, you think if, he hit if, last year? It, now wait, he was hurt last year. If he, if Cole Calhoun is he healthy, five last year. If five. Cole, if Cole Calhoun is yeah. healthy, yeah, in one hundred and sixty-six at bats, he hit five. Okay, so let's That's multiply that by games, four. Though. Yeah, let's multiply it by four. Alex, <laughs> shut your face. <laughs> so I'm on Fangraphs, and there are seven projection systems for Cole Calhoun. And, I, and I'm going to tell you the number of home runs they have him for, okay? 18, 13, 12, 14, 18, 19, 15. CBS hasn't projected at 31. Mike, there is a reason we mm. trust CBS every single year. <laughs> yes, it's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, oh, boy. This is, this is just such a bad team. <laughs> this is just, like I'm. I'm trying to find something. I'll tell you what's amazing is Texas was able to sign a thirty, a thirty-one home run man for only nine million dollars in free agent. <laughs> That's the frightening thing. Oh man, this is this team is a wreck, man. I mean, it's also I'm, illegal I'm very... right now. You have no middle infielder, Scotty. You, you know, it's important you roster somebody. <laughs> I'm, I'll I'll throw some. Some I don't think you can dead. afford to move Brad Miller right now. You need him. Well, to listen. Don't you go ahead and slit the throat of one of your lackeys. Ship him to me. I'll plug a dead body Ooh. into my middle infill position, and you can take Maximo Acosta. All right, all right. I'll send you something. I'll send you something. <laughs> I, I I definitely yeah. say I, I have a hard time scrolling past the minor leagues because there's so many guys I'm interested in. Yeah. Uh, but when I get back up to the majors, I go right back down to the minors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which may explain him trying Stay to move Maximo Costa. Like I, I need to move a couple of these minor leaguers like fast. He currently has twenty eight minors, 
And and well, if, if I had to guess, uh, <laughs> Acosta's number twenty-eight with a bullet for him. That, he's, been, no, he's been trying no, to move him to no, the year. That's that that is not true. But there, uh, a, a lot a lot of those guys. Well, not several of those guys are holdovers from yes, last year. Yes. So uh, yeah, I mean there there are cuts to be made there. Yes, obviously, yeah. and a couple um, guys I, who have major league experience that you could bring up too. So that twenty-eight could drop to probably twenty-five right away. Yeah, that's correct. Fair. That's fair. Correct. Yeah. So a, a, again, Mike, as you are generating this offer, yeah. Um, the the kind of kind of the, the the point I wanted to round into there, um, and 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 we'll we'll set yeah. set the killer cars aside because you know we it's we Scotty, consider Scotty. Quick thing, it's Trey Turner and Acuna for Acosta too little. Or would that get it done? You think? I don't know that I have room for them. Mm, okay. All right. Mike, uh, I was the one that sent you that trade for Ronald Acuna last year, wasn't it? With the uh, for Chris Flexen. That was you, yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. I wanted to yeah, make sure. I that was... to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I, I would have to drop uh, Nico and like uh, Brad Miller. Free... Brad Miller. Brad Brad Miller. <laughs> and I mean, I you know, I, uh, that's just I can't stomach that. But setting yeah. so you know. And we, we, you know, setting setting the killer cars aside, I mm. want to set them aside for a second. Yes, and, and look at look <laughs> look at the rem, the remaining five clubs mm. um, in this projection for yep. the BDL Vegas odds. We've got the the heroes, the Amish, the Woo, the Vipers, the Generals. Um, as a commissioner, um, I'm very heartened by the fact that in that entire well, two technically bottom tiers, um, but that that bottom chunk of mm-hmm. the league, those, those five clubs, again, setting the killer cars aside because I think they could very easily make a couple of roster tweaks and be in that bubble phase, yes, uh, or, or or bubble tier without yes. without mu- much thought whatsoever. So Agreed. let's just carve them out, set them aside. That that bottom chunk of the league, that those five clubs. Um, we really don't have a team in the BDL that 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 you would consider to be languishing in any uh, way. Generals. <laughs> Sorry, the freaking cough. I think I got COVID from the kids. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Let me get drink some water. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, take it, I'll take it from there, Scotty. Thanks, thanks man. <laughs> uh, I... I Definitely, in my time here, it definitely seems like teams have been moving around. I think the Woo, the Lion, and the Vipers, since we've all, uh, the Vipers and I joined pretty recently, we've all been building up in our time, but it definitely feels like the Woo and the Vipers and Lions are all moving in the right direction. You're right, there's no team that feels for the three years they've had no direction, just sitting there, not able to acquire talent, not able to compete. It feels like everyone is either moving up or going into a rebuild, um, like the team Correct. in the should be relegated column. So yeah, and, and, <laughs> and you, I mean, and, and you can say what you want about the the individual strategies, like you know, for the disposable heroes, um, that that's a very new uh, rebuild process. We don't know how that's going to go, but there's a plan in place. Yeah, Amish Brotherhood. Um, you know, as soon, as soon as the Amish are competitive, they pull the ripcord and they're out of the plane, Yep. but there's a plan in place, mm-hmm. a woo plan in place. Vipers very clearly. We, we had, we had Michael on the show 
just a few months ago and talking about this uh, very issue. Plan in place, mm-hmm. generals, um, despite what pl- you think, definitely plan in place. place. Yes. So, you know, that's, you know, w- when we get when we get into those two tiers below those bubble teams, um, we, we don't really have a single club that we can point to and say, you know, that that club is going nowhere. They have no plan. Um, and, and what are we going to do with these jokers? Yeah. Um, we, we don't have that club in the BDL and, and that's, that's a really cool thing. It is please. For the longest time, we always had one or two of those and we were worried about, Oh boy, if this guy ever leaves, this team is a disaster and someone's going to have to take over this mess. The, the thing that, that, that makes me kind of happy are the teams in those last two tiers are all managers that I have belief in that they could get it fixed. Uh, where in the past, we always had one or two managers where if things didn't get better, they may never get better. So that is one piece of optimism. The Wu has been the team that's been near the bottom of the standings for the longest. But if you look at their roster, you you, you could easily see them taking a pretty substantial move forward this year. And then a very big one next year. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even with, and it, it's it's worth pointing out, even even with those shifts in the league and, and seeing, you know, the, the movement by the double downs, the chicks, um, the high draft picks by the generals, the woo, the Amish Brotherhood. Um, you know, again, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Right now, we are projected to see only one. Uh, division winner that is different than last year. Uh, that being the Memphis Chicks, if mm-hmm. these projections hold, and the way the South is currently constructed, I don't think there's any risk of that not being the case. I mean, I, I think it's pretty safe to pencil in the Memphis Chicks as the South Division champions for 2022. Um, you know, we all. I think have to give the Rockets the nod in the East in the East Division, defending champs. Clearly, one of the best teams in the history of the BDL. Forget damn right twenty twenty two. Damn right. I, uh, just 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 being honest. And, and again, you know, you can't can't write off the Cardinals. And I love 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 what the Double Downs love have done this off season. Yep. So I, I think there could be. You know, it, it could get interesting. I, I don't know if it'll could be be neck and neck at any point necessarily, but it, it could get interesting. At least I'll mm-hmm. say that. But yeah. I certainly would not predict any other club other than the Rockets in the East. Uh, the West, let's shift over to the West. Oh, that's um, Crawford, obviously. Look, I mean, the cramps are going to run away with the West. There's, yeah. there's, that's not even a, we don't even have to spend much time there. That's, that's going to happen. Um, Crawford, uh, uh, as are the Rockets. Uh, one of the best, uh, one of the best clubs we have ever seen in this league right now. Um, didn't have the best luck in the playoffs last year, but um, you know that's that's just a matter of, of time and and timing and and patience and hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> hopefully it's not a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, the North Division. That's really uh, close. That's going to be close, I, I think, yeah. between the beers and the and the Mounties. But as the projections stand, um, that uh, that division winner is the same as last year. So, mm-hmm. at the top in all four divisions, you know, not a lot of change. Yeah, 
you know, for me, it just comes back down to, I, I, I think the top two teams will be the top two teams again this year. And, and I think that second tier with the exception of the chicks, like the chicks are going to go from 16 to six or 15 to six. Like, I don't know where they finished last year overall, but they weren't good, obviously, but they're going to take a massive jump forward. I, I don't see anybody else joining them this year, but I, I can see another team or two joining them in 2023. And 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 honestly, I think that's all we can really expect. Like I don't I don't think good teams tend to blow up in one year. They either get old and they see kind of a slow decline. Oh, I, I or, can blow up a team in or, one year. Let or, me you tell get, you. Or, or you get the friggin' insane person. <laughs> who just blows up his team entirely. But to be honest, the gents did, did kind of see that kind of slow, steady move backwards. And, and I just think we had a general manager that was smart enough to recognize that and figure I'm either, I'm going to do this, this rebuild properly now, or it's going to be forced upon me in a year where it's going to be a little harder to do it. And I just think that's good management. I completely agree on the direction you took. It, I think it takes a lot of courage to blow up a team that had good talent on it like it did uh, to admit that, hey, there are two teams that are clearly ahead of the rest of the league. I'm not sure we're going to reach that level. So instead of being at, at the same level every time we want to be back to being title contenders. And that may mean we need to take a step back for us to eventually be that title contender again. Yep. And I definitely know from tearing down a playoff team, right. As I got it as my first time in the league uh, that you can definitely get some blowback for that or uh, several pod episodes of Mike yelling at you and making fun of your team. So. <laughs> I, w- I would never do such a thing. That's so, not my style. So, uh, by the way, I apologize, Scotty, if I stole your thunder, but Mike, you should look at your uh, your trade requests. Oh, let me take a look. What? Let's see, let's see what we got. I had to throw let's something see. together. Yeah, it's probably going to get rejected, but I had to throw it together. Let's let's take a look. It's very Actually, simple. Guys, let's do this I... on the air. Am irate. Okay, so Scotty, the offer is this, and let's work through this on the air. He's offering me David Fletcher. You know what's kind of David Fletcher of the Angels, second base, shortstop. I think he's my neighbor. Is he? Uh, Projected for a whopping uh, two home runs this year, I believe. But fifteen stolen bases. Fifteen stolen bases, and this is actually funny because I've gotten three trade offers on this guy in the last couple days. For, for my Fletcher? Own, no, for no, not for Fletcher. For, I was going to say I have not traded you. No, no, no. <laughs> for 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 the guy you're trying to get for my only oh. draft pick from last year, Mister Juan Yepes. I had two other teams inquire on him today, and I had an offer on him yesterday. And I will look at this. Uh, I like Yepes because Goldschmidt's getting older, and I like having that first base insurance. So let me take a look at this, and I will get back to you. So that's uh, Scotty. That's a no. You should know right off. That's <laughs> almost that's a, certainly a no. But yeah, I am nice. That's, that's a nice am, way of hell no. No, well, I wouldn't say hell no because because to be honest, I, for for first base, I I, I I did make a small trade a couple of weeks back, which I'm hoping I will look back rather happily in a few months. And that was getting Seth Brown for the from the double downs. 
he he's got a lot of guys he had to cut he, he'll have to cut so i figured that was a guy i could basically get for free from him and that's how it worked out so i picked him up and i figured that the a's were going to be selling off half of their team and hell they sold off probably more than that so i think he's going to get everyday bats at first base so i think he might be all right but i will take a look historically i'm not a big david fletcher fan but let me take a look I looked at your roster and there was only two shortstops on your team. And so it's one of those things where I know Crawford has gotten hurt in the past or underperformed mm-hmm. to where he's been uh, optioned previously. So I thought mm-hmm. that might be a position of interest for you. I will, I will take a look. The, 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 the thing that I like to do with my middle infielders is I'd like to have my middle infielder be a second baseman, then have a shortstop on the bench or vice versa. So basically I like to play a two man bench, maybe three and be able to back up every spot with those two spots. Mm. But that, that, that is generally the way I try to work my rosters and that's the way I have it set up now, but I will, I will take a look and see if that makes sense for me. Definitely disappointed. He lost his third base eligibility because that definitely, Yeah, that makes a lot more valuable because then you can play him a corner as well, which is nice. Yeah, great. He was a great utility player last year, and I I, I hope they give him some more third base ref, but I do know they have a third baseman there, so he likely Mm -hmm. won't, but that does suck. Yeah. Yeah. And, Scotty, I will get back to you on this uh, Acosta for Trey Turner offer that you just sent me. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Review. (laughs) Reject. There we go. Thank you, Scotty. <laughs> what happened, Scotty? Scotty, what happened? Well, guys, that's all the time we <laughs> have tonight. Okay, I'm Scotty, not getting invited happened? back here. It was great talking to you guys. Scotty, what happened? Come on, tell me about this horrible trade you were offered. That's it. That's it for the Vegas odds this year. Oh. Alex, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I hope I get to talk to you guys again. Maybe not, but I definitely enjoy coming on and talking to you guys. I'd just be happy that we this entire interview we didn't mention K-pop once. Just be happy that it never came up. You just mentioned it. You ruined I it guess, right there. I guess, by I guess I did, didn't I? <laughs> but I will definitely make sure to put more content out there for this year. Um, I'm hopeful to have more interesting uh, pieces, like the hopefully the mock draft in this last uh, grades worse uh, for you guys, but hopeful to add a lot more to the league this year on the content side. Sounds cool. Thanks, Alex. Thank you guys. Okay, Alex, thanks a bunch for joining the show today. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I have another offer for Acosta in your inbox right now. And Mike, maybe one to you too. Yay for me. Hold on, I just have to, uh, let me just go and reject this last trade that Alex sent me. This Fletcher deal just isn't going to work for me. <laughs> let me just let, let me just re, let me just reject this one live on air, uh, just because that'll be kind of fun. Uh, and I'm going to put that in the comment. Uh, rejected live on air. <laughs> so you're going to get chuckle out of it. Oh, good times. That was a fun conversation, though. Good times. It was good. It was good. We hadn't heard from Alex for about a year here on the Inside Pod, uh, but it was it was fun to catch up. Uh, some really interesting storylines here in 2022 in the BDL, and 
the the Vegas odds really begin to tell that story. So I'm I'm anxious to to get this se- this season kicked off. Um, track my prospects, Mike. Watch some guys graduate, hopefully, and uh, see where I can uh, push these generals on up to. It, it'll be a long road, but I have full confidence in you getting it done. <laughs> of course you do, buddy. Of course you do. All right. You know, I'll try to be nice, man. <laughs> try to be nice. Uh, okay, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. All right. Good night from Canada. I think that's my closing line, right? I don't remember. Yeah, good night that, from Canada, everybody. That is pathetic. <laughs> that's horrible. I'm, I'm the worst. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs>